Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and welcome to The Chosen People. Today we're going to be talking about a little word that makes a big impact, and that word is joy. And joining me is my good friend and colleague, Bobby Walter, our regional director who also leads our Brooklyn branch congregation in New York City. He's got two beautiful kids, a wonderful wife, and lives in Brooklyn. So, I mean, what could be more joyful than, than all of that except the Brooklyn part, you know? But Bobby is a joyful brother and has a great smile. And uh, welcome, Bobby. Well, thank you so much, Mitch. And I have to say that you are kind of a swell fella as well. <laughs> oh, coming from somebody raised in New Jersey, Bobby, I take that as a phenomenal compliment. So, thank you. Yeah, that's that's as nice as I'm going to get to you. So, <laughs> uh, so shalom and welcome, everyone. And uh, Mitch, I am also very excited about, honestly, not just this program, but the next few programs, because we're going to be looking at ways that we can help inspire and equip believers, the body, with a deeper understanding of the Jewishness of our faith. And today we're going to start by looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And specifically, like you mentioned, we're going to be looking at the topic of joy. So let me begin with a story. Joy is a big part of Jewish life. It's a big part of every celebration, except for the Day of Atonement. Mm -hmm. But it's a big part of Jewish life. On the Feast of Tabernacles, we're actually commanded to be joyful. And so there's a lot of joy sort of written into Jewish life and even the Jewish religion. But there's nothing sadder than a Jewish funeral, and there's nothing more joyful than a Jewish wedding. And if you've never been to a Jewish wedding, well, you may not know the meaning of joy. So, I was in uh, Southern California recently at the wedding of my nephew and his bride. Very, very Jewish crowd, very Jewish wedding. Wonderful celebration and at a beautiful place. But you see joy when one event happens. And if you've watched Fiddler on the Roof, Bobby, which I know, I know you have and maybe some of our listeners have, when you watch Fiddler on the Roof, the essence of joy, of course, is the Jewish wedding scene. Right. And so the band started playing Hava Nagila, mm -hmm. which is like the Jewish theme song, you mm -hmm. know, yep. about joy. And so you start dancing what we call the Hora, which is, as you know, Bobby, is might be the theme dance of, of Judaism. Right. And I um, mean, you know, you, you just have to start it. And every secular Jewish person who hasn't been to synagogue in 30 years knows exactly what to sing and how to dance. And so... Yeah, it's in the DNA. It's in, it's the, in DNA. the DNA. And it's a, it's a great way to get your cardio workout in for the day. <laughs> Absolutely. So you had 300 people of every age group, little kids to elderly people, even older than me. And they were dancing around in circles. And it was almost like a rugby match, if you've ever watched one. You're <laughs> men grabbing men around the shoulders and throwing them all over the room. You know, I mean, sure, and sure. it was, but the best part is when we, you lift the bride and the groom on a chair. Right. And then, even in Fiddler on the Roof, you'll see there's a handkerchief that they hold together. And then everybody begins spinning the chairs around and everybody begins dancing the hora in a circle. And 
inner circles and outer circles and uh, just goes on and on and on until everybody is basically ready to pass out. Some pass out earlier like me. And so it was going on and on and on. But it is just, I have a, I have some pictures of it, which I'm going to show on radio. No, it won't work. But <laughs> you should, if you saw the pictures and the videos, you would understand that this is joy. Mm. Now, we may not be talking about that kind of joy specifically, but when a Jewish person thinks about joy and uses the Hebrew word simcha, which means joy, mm-hmm. then this is the image that pops into most of our minds. Now, you can't live life with joy at that level of intensity. It will wear you out. It's wonderful for about an hour. But there's a different kind of joy that we have through knowing Jesus as our Messiah that erupts in the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul describes that beautiful fruit in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against this, there is no law or instruction. And of course, that's all linked to having the Holy Spirit resident in our life because we've been made pure through the blood of Jesus so that God himself, the Holy Spirit, can live in our hearts and breathe, so to speak, joy into our lives. And so when we walk by the Spirit, operate in the Spirit, we're fulfilling the commandments of God And there's nothing that can oppose that because when you're in the Spirit and you're walking in the Word of God and your conscience is clean because you know that Jesus died for you and gave you that purity, wow, there's nothing like that kind of joy. Bobby? Yeah, absolutely, Mitch. And like you said, the Hebrew word, I mean, you mentioned it just now, but also earlier, the Hebrew word for joy is simcha. Simcha. And uh, when we look at this word simcha, it's not just happiness. Simcha comes from deep within uh, a person's heart, and it's the result of an experience. It's, it's expressing exceeding gladness. And in Scripture, we'll often find this word simcha used for joy and expressed in a way that's, that's outward. Right, So there's clapping, there's dancing, there's singing, and it's all tied together. Uh, Or also we'll find joy expressed in songs of praise. So it's almost like joy simcha is, is, again, coming from deep within a person's redeemed heart, and they're just overwhelmed by the goodness of God, by what God has provided, by what God has done, and it spills over joy simcha. It spills out from that place. It's, It's something that cannot be contained. It's something that is going to spill over, like uh, in Psalm 23, my cup runneth over, right? So, we'll, we'll see the same thing with Simcha. Oftentimes, we'll see people put in positions to share their joy with others, and that joy spilling over uh, out of their hearts will impact other people. One example is in Esther, in Esther chapter 8. It describes the relief and the joy that was felt by the Jewish people in Persia when the decree to destroy them had been rescinded. And it says, for the Jewish people, there was light and gladness and joy and honor. So, they were so relieved that God had provided deliverance for them from a systematic attack to wipe them out, and they were filled with joy, and that joy just spilled out of them. 
Well, it's the same word Paul uses oftentimes in the epistles. And uh, one of my favorite uses of this word in the Greek is chairo. Paul writes, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And I think it's pithy, but it's so important that our joy, as you've been saying, should be in the Lord. And I think that's what you see throughout the Old and New Testament, Mm -hmm. that true joy, really true happiness, um, is always found in the Lord. In the world, we'll have tribulation, as Jesus said, and that's true all the way through Scripture. The children of Israel had tribulation in the world. Believers in Jesus have tribulation in the world. And so what we're talking about is a supernatural joy. Let's just be blunt. The fruit of the Spirit are exactly that. They don't come from good philosophy or better self-disciplines. Not that any of these things are, are necessarily in themselves wrong. But true joy is the fruit of the Spirit. So we have joy in the Lord. And you see that all the way through Paul's writings. Right, right. And I think the key thing of the joy that comes from the Spirit, like you just mentioned, it begins in our hearts, in the redeemed heart. It begins with us understanding and believing and knowing by faith that we have been redeemed by the blood, through the blood of the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. That he has cleansed us, that because of this, what comes as a result, the outworking of this, is that we now have hope and confidence and trust that God is bringing us to a place, that God has begun a work in us, that God is involved in our lives, that God has taken up residence inside of our hearts by His Holy Spirit, and He is bringing us on this path to this destination, to this, you know, uh, sort of promised land uh, where we will be in His kingdom, in His presence forever and ever and ever. And no matter what else is going on in our lives, we can turn to that, we can cling to that, and we can find joy in that. Yeah. Uh, So, we're going to look at a number of the fruit of the Spirit in the course of the next couple of weeks, but I I do want to make a, a quick point. This morning, I was watching a video testimony of a new Jewish believer in Jesus, a young woman. You know, we have I Found Shalom, our website, where we have over a hundred Messianic Jewish testimonies, and thousands, millions of people, really, have been watching these testimonies, and they've been absolutely wonderful. Anyway, I was watching this woman's testimony, and I heard the words, but I couldn't help being overwhelmed by the enthusiasm and the smile. Hmm. And I remember when I was seeking the Lord and uh, my two best friends who uh, probably couldn't have explained the gospel to me if you paid them all the money in the world. And I remember their joy and it made me jealous. So Romans eleven eleven is such an important theme when it comes to evangelism, both for Jews and Gentiles, uh, when we want to reach out to both groups. Paul says, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they, referring to Israel. May it never be. Absolutely not. By their transgression, the transgression of the first century Jewish leaders who didn't believe in Jesus, by their transgression, salvation has come to you, the Gentiles, to make them jealous. So, there is a provocation to jealousy that is probably one of the most powerful, subtle at times, but most powerful tools for both Jewish evangelism, and I believe it applies to the evangelization of the whole world. Absolutely. When people see our joy, mm-hmm. they are attracted to something that they know they want and they know that they don't have but would love to have, 
and need to ask us how they can get it. And so when we just live our lives according to the Spirit very naturally, and we spend time in prayer and in the Word and in fellowship, and we try and obey the Lord as best we can, and allow him to fill us with that joy so that it, it almost changes the shape of our face so that, that we are joyful, smiling, and people can see that we have something that they want, and that's a provocation to a good kind of jealousy. And I, I'm hoping that our listeners uh, will uh, go, go to the nearest mirror and, and practice smiling. Now, if you're driving, don't use your rearview mirror because that's just not safe, okay? But... We need to smile more. We need to be happy, and we need to lighten up as believers and allow the joy of the Holy Spirit to flow through us so that people can see that there's hope and there's the possibility of joy in this life. And I know that that works among Jewish people. I know it works among Gentiles. I know it by personal experience. I wanted what my friends had because I knew that I needed to have that kind of joy and peace in my life. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. So, Mitch, right now, we are going to hear from a dear brother who realized that something was missing in his life. We're going to hear from my dear friend, Grant Berry. He's British, as you will see, and loves it when we call him Grant. And so, please welcome my dear friend and dear brother, who has a, a great heart for his own people, Grant Berry. I came to America to chase the American dream, and it wasn't long before I started my own cosmetic business with my brother. And through a lot of hard work and effort, we brought some very new and innovative products into the cosmetic industry in the mass market. And it wasn't long before I began to experience the the pleasures and the success of that. So I was beginning to experience the high life, beautiful restaurants, a single lifestyle, money in my pocket, uh, driving a red Maserati, and in comes this beautiful girl named Maria, makeup artist I started to work with. And it's like I had it all, but something wasn't quite right. And the interesting thing was is that Maria was there was something different about her. She just didn't seem to be too interested in, in everything that I was sort of living up at that particular time. And she started to explain her faith to me as a Christian girl. She presented her faith to me in a, in a way that I could understand that uh, belief in Yeshua was, was, uh, had a Jewish foundation. And it was so different from, from like my synagogue experience. You know, here I was looking for God, looking for a relationship, and she seemed to have this dimension and this intimacy and this connection. And here I was, the child of Abraham, the Jewish guy, and I seemed to have nothing. I think what was really different about Maria is that she had learned to bring the message of Yeshua back to Jewish people as if it was their very own. We talked about all the terrible things that had happened to the Jewish people in the name of Christianity and how Christianity has been used. And she worked very hard in her communication to separate that stuff, mainly most of the same time saying that most of those people really weren't believers in the first place. And she began to, so she began to lay this foundation for me that the roots of Christianity were completely Jewish. And of course, you know, when I began to open the scripture, 
I was so surprised, okay, that I was actually reading a Jewish book. And so it caused me to begin to go after, once again, a relationship with my own God. And so I went into my bedroom for three weeks, seven days a week, every night. I got on my knees and I prayed. I tried to talk to God. And it was like my prayers went up to the ceiling and dropped right down to the floor. There was nothing, no connection. And I was frustrated. I mean, here Maria was, this Christian girl that had a relationship with my God, the God of Abraham. And here I was, a Jew, trying to have a relationship with my God, the God of Abraham, and nothing. I was disconnected. And so it caused me to get very frustrated. And one night we were out for dinner and I expressed that frustration. And she turned around to me. She said, Grant, I have been trying to tell you for six to eight months, almost every time we go out, you can't have the father without the son. So immediately, I go upstairs to my apartment and um, I laid on the bed and I stretched out my arm in the shape of a, the crucifixion tree and I shut my eyes and Maria had told me about a scripture, Revelations 3.20, I'll never forget it. I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens that door, I will come into him and he will hear my voice and we will suck together. In other words, we will connect and have intimacy. So I closed my eyes and I knocked on the door and I said, God of Abraham, if Yeshua is, this is the exact prayer I prayed, if Yeshua is your son and the Jewish Messiah, I want to know the truth. Right at that moment, at that very second, a physical wind indwelt my stomach. I could, I could almost see it swooshing into me. And I was, got up uh, from the bed, I was startled. But from that moment on, I believed. Welcome back, you're listening to The Chosen People. So Mitch, we've been talking quite a bit about joy today. And I want us to just briefly give a recap of a few of the main points regarding what the Bible has to say about joy and how being joyful can ultimately impact other people. So, number one, joy comes from God. In 1 Thessalonians 1.6, Paul writes this, You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And I just, I love that picture because it, again, is just a beautiful reminder for us that it, no matter what we're going through in our lives, we can find joy in God. And that joy can overflow and spill out and impact others. So, the second thing we learn from the scriptures about joy, we find joy when we hold fast to God's word and trust in him. So, again, Paul writes in Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we cling to him, when we cling to his word, we will find joy, okay? Third thing we learn from scripture, we find joy when we continually seek God's face. So again, Paul writes in Romans 14, 17, 
For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So to be continually seeking God's face, we will find great joy. And the fourth thing I want to mention, it has to do with eschatology or the study of the end times. It has to do, honestly, with God's promises to the nation of Israel. Israel's fullness, the full flowering of those promises that God has made to the Jewish people, to the Jewish nation, to Israel, it is filled with joy. So, Jeremiah 33.8 says this, God is speaking, I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and will rebuild them as they were at first. It will be to me a name of joy, praise, and glory before all the nations of the earth. Joy will be a characteristic of Israel's kingdom in the future as she is ruled and reigned by the Messiah Jesus. And you know why that's true, Bobby? Tell me why. Because it's going to be one big Jewish wedding. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the marriage supper of the land. I can't wait to do the heavenly horror. Amen. I mean, the joy is going to be unspeakable. Yeah, we've come full circle, so to speak. <laughs> uh, as a, a dear friend uh, mentioned to me, uh, she gave me an acronym, which I really like, uh, about remembering to be filled with joy. So J means Jesus first. The O, others second, and the Y, yourself third. When we put Jesus first, others second, and ourselves last, then that's a real pathway to joy. And I I hope that you'll find joy in your life each and every day. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. If you missed any portion of today's message and would like to hear it again, or if you'd like to share it with a friend, just visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. Joy is also tied to God's holy days, his feasts, and an important Jewish holiday called Simchat Torah, meaning the joy of the Torah, which celebrates God's word. Right, Bobby. Simchat Torah is a beautiful remembrance of the blessing it is to have God's word. We read the Bible in a 52-week cycle, uh, the Old Testament, and every week in synagogues all over the world, Actually, the same portion is read. No matter where you go, if you attend a synagogue, every Jewish person in synagogue is reading the same portion of the week at the same time. And for believers in Yeshua, Messianic congregations often add a weekly section to the New Testament, of course. Mm -hmm. So by following this weekly cycle, you'll be able to read at least most of the Bible in a year. If you'd like to learn more about Simchat Torah or if you'd like to journey with us through this 52-week portion, uh, or what we call in Hebrew, parashat cycle, uh, as it's called in Hebrew, then request our latest devotional. It's called The Portion, and we'll send it to you as a free gift when you call us at 888-2-YESHUA. That number again is 888-293-7482, or request your copy online by visiting chosenpeople.com slash offer. Again, this devotional is really a great way to connect with the Jewish roots of the faith because you'll be studying the same portion of the Bible that Jewish people are studying all around the world, minus, of course, the New Testament portion, which we add and you can add. So please request it today. Once again, you'll find it online at chosenpeople.com slash offer. But right now, let's wrap up today's message on joy with the ironic benediction. So here is Mitch with his good friend Marty Getz. Yivarechacha Adonai 
yishmarecha. Ya'er panavelecha bichuneka. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.